you go. <laughs> no, you got to do the intro. No, you're the host today. It's fun. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Vincent. And I'm Emily. And this is The Lighthouse Lowdown. And then we insert the sound. Right. And then Africa. No. No. What is the sound? Um... You've had it down. It starts off a lot like Africa starts off. So. It does. It messes me up every time. All right. So uh, I'd like to start off recognizing <laughs> two things. One, I don't think we have a, a buoy of the day. If you don't have one. I didn't prepare one, so I forgot that existed. And two, I got to recognize Emily for all the work that she does Yay. preparing these episodes because this <laughs> one was my responsibility. Uh, you might have heard about it on the past couple weeks. It's been hinted at. And so I've had like almost a month, probably a month to prepare. And heads are nodding for those of you mm-hmm. who aren't here. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, I thought I was ready to record. Sorry for the noise. Ready to record like four different different occasions. I was like, oh, I think I'm ready. Yeah, I just got to get my notes together and... <clears throat> I will okay. I ended up changing honestly, categories altogether. Yeah, changing but you're, lighthouses. You weren't, you weren't down there for that, that long. I mean, you you whipped up your research pretty fast. Oh, hold on. Oh, oh. microphone's falling. <laughs> you gotta push it all the way back. It was. You need help. It's not in. <laughs> oh oh. All right, hold on. Okay. (laughs) Obviously, that cord needs to be replaced. We just went on a wild ride of my microphone falling off of its mount. I, what a rook. I noticed it whenever we started recording. I was like, that's not on all the way. And I was like, he probably did that because of some reason. That's Style. Some specific. Like, oh, add, you know, if it's all the way in, then it tips back too far or something. No. I was like, oh, I've had a problem with that. I'll just leave it. I just wanted to add drama about <sighs> two minutes in. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I chose a lighthouse to research and I got excited about it because there's a historical story uh, in that area. And then um, I found a different one. So... That one, that one might be a future time, but this one's for now. So Emily doesn't know anything about this yet, which is super fun. It's exciting. So first thing I'm going to do, sorry to miss the buoy of the day, but I'm going to show you. Yeah, what the hell are you doing? I'm going to show you an image of this lighthouse (laughs) that we're discussing today. Okay. And I wish that you could see it a little better, but uh, hold on. I'll show it to you and I want you to tell me. You want me to describe it? Your thoughts on it. Yeah, describe it. I will. I effing will. Here it is. Oh, it's very short. <laughs> it looks like uh, they chopped the first like 15 feet off the top of a lighthouse and then just like set it on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's got like, I would say like five, six feet of white and then the lantern room is red and it's got a Fresnel lens in there, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got some trees. Well, you know what's funny is they have a like a gallery viewing area on this lighthouse yeah. as well. Even though, why that would you ever go out there? <laughs> <You can> just <laughs> I want to know how many stairs are in this lighthouse. 
there's a diagram. This is hilarious. That shows this particular lighthouse. It's good. It doesn't even need a lightning rod because of how short it is. Yeah. So tell me about it. So this, you're actually looking at a first order franal lens. No. Yeah. Why? And uh, it's so the, the the room, the light room is, what what's it called? The lighthouse room, the top room. That's the, the gallery. room? Oh, the gallery is the little area yeah. right so below a lantern It's red. Room. Yes. It's bright red. It's beautiful, bright red. Yeah. Uh, it's got like... I don't know, 10 feet of glass vertically and a first order franal lens. And I think this is literally like eight feet off the ground. Uh, so it might be the shortest lighthouse. Uh, Why does it? We'll get there. Okay. I'll tell you about it. This is known as Triangle Island Lighthouse. Neato. Where is it? <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> Triangle Island uh, is... I'm going to show you map view number one. These are my own notes to myself. Okay. Uh, on Google Maps. Again, I wish we were sitting so I could show you better. Yeah, that's Triangle right. Triangle Island is off the coast. Oh, wow. Far west of British Columbia. So this oh. is Victoria Island. We are out of America, yep. folks. First international lighthouse. Excuse me. No, it's not. Well, it's my first international lighthouse. <laughs> that's right. We talked about several. Okay, so. We were in Scotland. Yeah, so Scotland. this is. Aside from America and Scotland, now we've branched out. Yeah, I think when I first chose this, it would have been the first. So that's why I was in my head. Oh, okay. um, This is, so fun fact, one of the many. So Canada here, Victoria Island. I have been to Victoria. That's the ferry we talked about. Rub it in. And later on, as a preview, you get to hear the foghorn video that I found. Oh, interesting. Okay, so we have real life experience coming in here. So uh, real quick, my family has some history in Port Angeles, Washington area. And I got to go up there a couple times. And on one of those trips, we took a ferry across from Port Angeles into Victoria, which is into Canada. Uh, Victoria Island is a really cool it was a really cool just day visit to Victoria. Uh, we had uh, tea time, like literally in, in the castle. I need to look up more about it. But it was about 10 years ago this year. So jealous. So Scott, my brother, sent me some photos to look at of me that day. I looked like Aww. a very happy young boy. So, But either way, I took a video on the way over there because the ship we were on, the ferry, had an awesome foghorn. Uh, it just had like a two-tone, really deep sound. So I have that video uh, to share with Emily, we might use that sound in the future if we want to. Oh yeah, to. we can insert it. But um, so that's my experience there, and then I've talked about maybe going on a motorcycle ride to this area. So how did you get there? You'd have to go up from like oh, Seattle, the area, not mm-hmm. not the lighthouse. No, it's funny because he's you showing me the, the Google lighthouse. images or the Google map right now, <laughs> and it's like it's one of those instances where there's a pinpoint in the middle of the ocean, like with nothing. Yeah. Uh, what appears to be nothing underneath. <laughs> yeah. So on Victoria Island, um, you go to the way northwest edge of it, and these are called the Scott Islands, the series of islands. So um, the furthest west of the Scott Islands is called Triangle Island, uh, and it's very much inaccessible. We're going to talk about it. Oh. So must have uh, been hard for the lighthouse. Keepers. Also, absolutely gorgeous. Um, for the west, it's roughly 40 miles offshore from that northern tip of Vancouver okay. Island. Ooh, so that's, that's far. Yeah. It was named, uh, and of course the Scott Island, they have rocks all around them and underneath them, which it's like rocky cliffy kind of mm-hmm. area. Okay. Big, yep. Yep. Northern Rockies. Um, Those are the best times of types of lighthouses that are like on the edge of cliffs. Yeah. Very beautiful. <laughs> so it was named in 1849 by 
the British Admiral Survey for the distinctive three-sided geometric shape as Triangle Island. Mm -hmm. um, so you saw the map view. Uh, this seemed like a natural place for a lighthouse. During a survey of the Vancouver Island in 1860, Captain G.H. Richards described the Triangle Island as, quote, about 1,000 feet high with a peculiar notch summit. In 1862, Richards returned, noting in his journal, this is the third time that I've been balked in the exclamation of the examination of these islands in consequence of the fogs. So oh. something that I got to experience up there in the summer, and I'm sure all year round, is super heavy fog mm -hmm. in the Pacific Northwest. So especially off of this channel. Um, the fog, high winds, and tide around Triangle Island make the seas a hazardous, hazard to mariners. And in 1909, the government started construction on a lighthouse and radio operator station. So, Canadian government. 1909. 1909. Wow. That's so, late. this is interesting because it's at the evolution of steamship travel. Oh, hey. So, that was why they're going to have more traffic coming in and out of okay. this area. Yeah, that makes sense. Today, um, Vancouver, the city on Vancouver Island has like cruise ships come in. Uh, fishing boats, the ferry I was on, lots of traffic. Mm -hmm. So it's a very large port. Uh, but early 1900s, it was preparing for steam vessels. Question. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know, but did they put the lighthouse on that tiny island to like announce that they were approaching, what is it, British Columbia? Mm -hmm. Or was it just an area of shallow water where they were, wanted people to watch out for it? I know that there were lots of shipwrecks in that in the scott islands mm -hmm. and i also think it was to begin directing so i i'm interested in this area and to find this lighthouse i went into i looked at victoria on a map on google maps and then i typed in lighthouse and there are so many lighthouses oh. so that's its own discussion yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh i think this was the first that was furthest out and we'll discuss that a little bit okay to begin navigation inland, but also to avoid mm -hmm. crashing. Because the, the biggest thing we'll talk about is the weather is insane in this part of the world. Not just I fog. Not just fog. Fog's mm -hmm. the friendly weather. Oh. <laughs> so William, excuse me, when H.C. McKillian, which has three E's in a row, what? A, su a survey for the Marine Department reported to Victoria after selecting the site for the lighthouse, he confidently reported, quote, we laid out the site at the summit of Triangle Island, about 650 feet above the sea, for a powerful first-order light, which will ultimately develop into one of the most important of all lighthouses on this coast, with the expected great development of steamship traffic on the Pacific, will become a leading light, which will be the first picked up by steamship captains, and will give in them will give them their bearings, whether they are bound for the Puget Sound or Prince Rupert, which are major passes. Okay. Uh, I have not worked out the distance at which the light will be visible, but it will be seen for 50 miles at least. Oh, pipe down. <clears throat> End quote. This guy sounds like he has no idea what he's talking he's about. He's excited. <laughs> he's like, this is the most important light on the coast of all time. Yeah. He wanted to put himself in history. Yeah. And he did. Is this, wait, it was named after this guy or was named, he named it? No, he's a surveyor. Oh, in, okay. So in the maritime department. I was wrong both times. So again, another government employee. Uh, wanted to make his mark. So well, you just gave him a quote in our podcast, so he does go down in Here history. Here he is in 2022. <laughs> the best podcast I'm a part of. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are we still recording? Yeah. <laughs> Good. You're doing your job. Thanks. 
Uh, a tramway was blasted from the shore of the islands to the island's lofty peak, oh. where a reinforced concrete lighthouse and a wireless telegraph station were built over the course of the next year. Blasted? Yes. It's all rock. Oh. Uh, it's very hard terrain. It's it's a protrusion of the Rockies. Oh, okay. But very hard terrain. Uh, we'll get to it, but there are no trees on this island. Well, I saw some in the picture. You'll find out. Oh the mystery my gosh. continues. Okay. <laughs> the 46-foot tower was topped by a circular lantern room that has a powerful first-order Frano lens. So uh, to describe this island, first off, I listened to a podcast this week where they talked about an island called Inaccessible Island. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, man, they just use a helicopter. It's like, okay. Like, what about in 1909? Yeah. <laughs> so this island is very sheer cliffs on all sides. Uh, I'll show you some pictures of it. It's very pretty. Is it green even though it's rocky? It is very green. Oh, yeah. okay. So, it's not like terrible Tilly. No. So here's the island in oh, a modern wow. day high res picture. Oh, very cliffy. Looks like Jurassic Park. It does. Um, yeah. So. Very very sloped so this little coastline nice here pointy is the same one triangle very pleasingly triangle and if you look close you'll see the lighthouse placement the tower is it right at the very summit mm-hmm. it's at the highest point so this little coastline here is a beach if you will mm-hmm. that there's tons of sea lions on in several videos and oh, photos cool. uh, but it's basically the only place you can make land uh, on all of the coasts so Triangle Island is a large mass that's all one piece. And then there's one that's only connected, one piece offshore that's only connected with the tides being low. Oh. Uh, it's Puffin Rock. Puffin. And we'll talk about that too. So can you only land in that little beach area because everything else is too sloped or because the water gets too rough everywhere else? The water, mostly. Oh. And rocks. Yeah, lots of bad accidents happen. Hmm. Uh, and this is a photo of the tower in its original placement. Along with the tramway and the radio stations. So, the lighthouse doesn't look the same. Did they chop it off. We'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> so, I really want to know. Back to my notes. This um, is a hard position to be in. I want all the information right now. So, it was started construction in 1909. Also in 1909, fun facts from me. Is there, are these history? Yeah. Okay. The NAACP, National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, was founded. Uh, Cinema Color, the first successful color film known as a motion picture, uh, was shown to the general public in the Palace Theater in London. Oh, right on. Teddy Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt, oh. leaves New York for a post-presidency safari in Africa. Oh, my gosh. The trip is sponsored by the Smithsonian Institution and National Geographic Society. <laughs> awesome. Construction of the ill-fated RMS Titanic begins. Oh, oh no. The first automobile race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway uh, at that particular location. No way. Workers start pouring concrete for the Panama Canal. And What is going on? 1909 Man- was a bopping year. The Manhattan Bridge opens. Oh my god. So, really so much cool. history. Yeah. All Yeah, kind of all over the world. Well, I should start doing that in my episodes. Like, you know what else happened in this year? Today in history. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. Ooh, so fun. So that's 1909. It's basically like a history buoy. I'm sure there's some things I'm missing. Oh, uh, yeah. There's got to be. A, yeah. But those are, the, those are big ones. <laughs> so <laughs> you, there's a long list I just perused. Uh, but now I have it in my notes to show you the pictures I already just showed you. 
of Triangle Island. Okay. The first keeper was selected to be James Davies. Cool last name. James W. Davies uh, had previously served at Scarlet Point and Egg Island. Neat. As head keeper. Uh He landed on Triangle Island in 1910 with his wife and three daughters and looked at the light for the first time on November 28th. Sounds cold. Uh, The light was powered by a petroleum vapor lamp and the lens produced a burst of four bright flashes every 10 seconds. Hmm. The giant that gave me the whole order. Consecutively? No. It gave me the whole order, but I just... The characteristic? Gave it, yeah. I left it out. Sorry. (laughs) The giant lens that rotated... uh, Rotated on a 950-pound bed of mercury. Uh, the mercury itself was 950? 950 pounds. That's a lot. I think it's dense. Mercury is dense. It must. I mean, it's a metal, so it's got to be. Liquid metal, but pretty cool. Lots of mercury. Um, Where do they find a mercury? Earth. Seriously? Like Space. it's a, Like a cavern of mercury? I don't know. I really don't. <laughs> I don't know what conditions you, because the liquid, the melting point is relatively cold, so it's almost always liquid. Yeah. Hmm. More on Mercury next time. Yeah, maybe that should be a history buoy, because uh, it was so important to lighthouses yeah. uh, early on. Yeah, yeah, it was. Hold on one second, I'm going to mess with my cord. Is it too much in your peripherals? No, it's only playing left ear, right ear sometimes. Oh, annoying. Okay, so one thing that was noted was, this is true of many of them, but in the early 1900s in vapor lamps, petroleum powered vapor lamps, uh, one of the biggest jobs was wiping the soot that accumulated oh, right. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So they were around the mercury and soot a lot. Um, assistant keepers and radio operators joined the island as well. The site became a functional, became functional protecting ships in the area. So it had kind of a crew of folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like about 10 total. Oh, wow. Uh, between the the radio operators, which are right next door to the lighthouse. They, how many keepers were there? Uh, one head keeper, one assistant, and then the wife seems to have always helped out okay. in a lot of these, a lot of them are reading. So. Nice. I, uh, I think a lot of early lighthouses had a keeper, like an assistant keeper, that was just around to, one, make sure the light was running, and two, wipe the soot off, because mm. it was so common. Terrible job. Yeah, which was a problem that was fixed later on, so... Less, less and less keepers over time. You see a lot of lighthouses cut the amount of assistant keepers in half, yeah. like as it goes. Start trimming them down. Goes, yeah. It's curious to think about in 1909, what was happening in the world and that information was traveling much better than it had previously. So people knew what was happening. And these guys were isolated 40 miles off the coast yeah. on a tiny island. And this is like three buildings. Pretty late for a lighthouse to be yeah. built. So. To, to start operating. Yeah. yeah. So. However, it was soon evident that the island's lofty summit was a poor location for a lighthouse. During oh, one no. year, during one year, the keepers recorded 240 days when fog, mist, or low cloud cover obstructed the light. Oh, that's bad. They built it too high. This is like Tillamook Rock again. Mm-hmm. How they originally built it on, or were planning on building it on the head of yep. the the coast, and then they were like, "We can't see anything up." Yep. What were they doing? They should have tested that. They got there on one of those hundred nice days. Wait a minute. 240 days? Yes. <sighs> yep. Where they couldn't see it. Oh, that's... Or at least it was partially obstructed. So mm, Unfortunate. <laughs> perched atop the slopes of Triangle Island, the keepers and wireless operators had little protection from the nearly constant winds blowing off of the Pacific Ocean. 
An article in the Daily Colonist described the conditions when hurricane force winds, not an uncommon occurrence at the station, struck the summit in 1912. This is from the column. Even though lifelines were stretched from house to house, the keeper's assistant was blown down and sustained a badly sprained ankle. Oh, no. Buildings teetered back and forth upon their foundations and threatened at any moment to roll over and cascade into the raging sea 680 feet below. Oh, just so newspaper dramatic. Those in the houses were seasick from the motion. Glass appeared to bulge inwards with terrific force in the windows. The biting wind forced its way through the walls and prevented any fires from being lighted. No. The strength of two men was required to push each door open. Men whose duties took them outside even had extreme difficulty in crawling from one building oh, to another gosh. flat I can't tell, upon their stomachs. I can't tell if they're just being super dramatic to be like, it's super windy up here. Or if that, not I, done. do you think that actually happened? Yes, because I'm not done. Oh, okay, continue. Six brick and iron chimneys were sheared off as by some giant knife, as well as one roof altogether. Oh. A heavily built shed next to the lighthouse left its moorings, rolled end over end, and tumbled into the furious sea like a paper bag in a breeze. The ensuing hours, quote, were were harrowing on the lofty rocks. It seemed at any moment their doom was an assured thing. All they could do was to pray and shout words of encouragement to each other above the storm's thunderous roar. Oh, poor keepers. Like hurricane. Yeah. Because it was a hurricane. This was in one instance or all the time? This is one instance, but often, it said often they faced really terrible weather. Mm -hmm. Um, Note here that I already mentioned, no trees grow on the island due to hurricane force winds that regularly blow on it. Oh, yeah. They can't can't sustain after sprouting, so let alone getting seas there. It snapped in half if we got buildings tumbling down the Roofs coming off. Chimneys just gone. You have to crawl, otherwise you sprain your ankle. During numerous storms, radio antennas were snapped and other buildings were at risk of shaking off their foundations. Some residents reportedly became seasick. We talked about that. After two years, the buildings had not, that had not been destroyed were described as unfit for habitation. Ooh. So oh. with, <laughs> oh, no. I'll, I'll say with quotes, modern inspections, mm-hmm. you know, it's a hundred years ago now, but yeah. they actually inspected the, the they were no, no longer safe. Two years of, oh, that's, of use. Okay. It's not good. <laughs> I have never. Okay, go ahead. The re- <laughs> what? What? Never. What? Well, I never. I just. I've never heard of wind being. Well, maybe it's a common thing, but I've never heard of wind being so bad in a location that the buildings are unsafe. Yeah. What is it like? They're just so shook up that they could come down at any moment. It's that. It, that's kind of the fascination I have with this island. It is that crazy. It's that remote. It the the ocean owns that island. Uh, after oh, the radio operators, usually young men, were assigned to six week shifts on Triangle. Gales, fog, and tides often conspired to strand them there for much longer, mm. and some ended up staying eighteen months at a time. So every six weeks, they're supposed to receive a what? change. And Eight. sometimes they got 18 months where they could not reach the island by boat. Oh, no. that's It's a wild island. Mm, that's really rough. There were I times. I can't imagine. Wait, and these aren't even like keepers. These are just radio Radio operators. guys. The keepers were much longer. How do they get food if they're like, oh, we'll be back in six weeks with supplies? Ships would come uh, from Victoria just Island to supply food. Throw food at them. Sometimes it didn't make it. 
sometimes some of it didn't make it. Sometimes it didn't make it on the tramway. So the tramway was between the that beach, essentially, all the way up to the summit, and the weather wouldn't allow for them to move it, or it would take it off the track, or would soil it. You know Azkaban? Yeah. That's what the I'm rock. thinking of. <laughs> the rock. Those are, those are the conditions that I'm thinking would be sufficient for Awful. Azkaban. Rough. I'm thinking of Alcatraz. That's what I was thinking of. Is that... That's a real like life something thing. that Azkaban's based off? No. Alcatraz oh. is a real life prisoned, prison island. Um, <laughs> Azkaban. They should Alcatraz. put it here. Uh, Azkaban. I know. I was like. <laughs> That's oh, funny. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the same thing for sure. So given those strenuous conditions, uh, there were times when tensions between the light keeper and the radio operator were fierce. A fist fight was recorded oh, in 1911, no. reportedly resulted in orders for the light station and the radio operators to have, quote, no communication whatsoever, except when business necessitates it. <laughs> They're like, you kids are not allowed to even look yeah. at each other anymore. Don't hang out. High stress environment. You can't even talk to people, but that's part of the, the bad thing about being a keeper is like the isolation. Yeah. Now you can't even talk to people. Yeah, people are terrible. <laughs> Uncontrollable. After two and a half years at the station, Keeper Davies begged to be transferred to more congenial surroundings. Triangle is very hard on our nerves and a great strain on our constitutions. Uh, he wrote, "Yeah, uh, the two-year-old dwelling was already unfit for habitation. Uh, it was an utter impossibility to keep a fire, and the residents got smoked out because of the wind, hmm. forcing them to go up to a week at a time without a warm meal." His request was granted, and Thomas Watkins arrived to replace him. Why do I feel like Watkins is going to be a problem? Uh, let me see how long he was there. He was there three years. He did a oh, stint. Oh, go Watkins. Yeah. Shortly after, oh, we're skipping some time. In 1918, October 29th, a ship called the Galliano made an emergency supply stop at Triangle Island. Uh, emergent, like it was going to supply? Like the, in... the island needed emergency oh. supply. <laughs> I said, I thought even like it was... You know, boats need to like stop at a port right. to restock. Yeah, they didn't have like, anything to you give You don't them. need... You <laughs> we have got rocks and wind. <laughs> don't come. But uh, the island had emergency or generators and the emergency reserve of gasoline was running very low. Mm. So the island needed supply. Sid Elliott, one of the radio operators, was supposed to be relieved by that ship, but he received the unwelcome news that his sentence at the lonely outpost, outpost had been extended. Oh. Jack Neary, the other operator, fared better as he got to see his brother, who was serving as a radio operator aboard the Galliano. Cute. After supplies had been disgorged onto the beach from the Galliano. Disgorged. That's a horrible word. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Brunton, who had been serving as a housekeeper and a cook for the six bachelors that manned the wireless station, was shuttled out to the Galliano, and the island's residents were left to haul the supplies up the steep tramway. If they could shuttle her out, why couldn't they shuttle the radio guy out? I think the person who was supposed to relieve him didn't come or... Oh. I don't know. I, I, that's a good question. I missed it when I first wrote this. Hmm. Um, the Galliano had to fight days of 110 knot winds and 45 foot seas to reach the station, which For is only 40 <sighs> days to go 40 miles. Oh, that's... But rather than wait out the storm, I think 40 miles, I don't know where it came from, in a sheltered bay, the ship headed out into the unprotected waters in an attempt to get out away from the island. Ten hours after the departure, the radio operators at Triangle Island picked up her final transmission. Oh, no, I'm... Oh. Hold, full of water, send help. Oh. 
Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. A Why? search and rescue was launched at daylight the next day. It was nighttime when they got that? Mm-hmm. Oh, Ten hours this after is launch. just garbage. Yep. Why are you uh, doing this? Right, a search ahead. and rescue was launched at daylight and soon located the body of one crew member oh. wrapped in a life jacket and also an engine room skylight. Strong evidence of the vessel's fate. An engine room skylight, meaning the ship was torn apart. Right. Um, probably uh, probably on one of the Scott Islands. Mm-hmm. A memorial can be uh, seen today. There's 39 crew members and one female passenger that were lost. Oh, that's sea. a lot. That memorial is at Ross Bay in Victoria. Ross Bay Cemetery. Garbage. Uh, what? So that guy's got to be thanking his lucky stars yeah. that he didn't Extended get sentence. I think that's why the story was written. I mean, why it was so communicated well, because he's like, oh, I was supposed to be on that ship. Yeah. And our, our lady, who had taken care of us all, was on the ship. Oh, man. Yep. And 39 other people, so it was not a small boat. No. Um, mm. Soon became clear that Triangle Island light was too high to serve the mariners effectively. There's generally a rule of the construction of lighthouses that lights can be no higher than 150 foot above the water. Triangle Island was significantly higher. This rendered the light largely ineffective. Wait, how tall was it again? Um, the summit? Almost a thousand feet. No way. I think that's what they said. Oh, oh uh, one of the quotes said 680 feet from the houses to the water. That is significantly yeah, taller almost, than I thought. Yeah, pretty high. Wow. Let me see this again. Yeah, taller's not always better. The tower was only 46 feet tall, but the peak was at 650 feet. Once it was measured. They thought it was almost a thousand when they first saw it. Mm. And it might have been with, I don't know how much t- tides change. Okay, not that aside much. from all the horribleness that we're talking about, how fun would it be to sail by it and just like stare up at like a mountain of an island? Yeah. So you can today. See there it? there are exhibitions um, where you can go out there on boats. Uh, I, I watched a video of a guy go out there by a helicopter. They did not land. Oh, they did land. Uh, but you have to have special permission to land on the oh, island I today bet. i don't know if i'd want to go out on it's, a boat it's near very it dangerous if, yeah yeah but and even the video with the helicopter it was really rainy and foggy when they took off mm. um i don't know where from probably victoria and uh oh my goodness <laughs> that was crunchy what a neck crack so in 1919 the department of marine hmm. 1919 that's not too far after that after it was built it's almost 10 years uh, finally acknowledge its folly, the department. Oh, good. The light keepers were removed from the island and the tower's lantern room and lens were dismantled. Oh. The radio station, unimpaired by the fog, lasted two more years. No. Those poor no. guys. They still had radio guys out there. <laughs> but its operators oh. were finally freed from the inhospitable summit in 1921. From the prison. And the seabirds once again had free reign over Triangle Island. That's good. They can have it. You have no idea, and we'll talk about it. So, is there just pictures of just coated in birds? There, I got it. I'm jumping around. Oh no, you go ahead, keep going. Okay. Well, I have a link. I'm not going to show it to you, but we can watch it off off air. There's a film that was made in 1976 of uh, oh, an aviary naturalist. I don't, I don't know the word. A, a scientific researcher mm-hmm. for birds, for seabirds, uh, talking about the island. And what is now called the Annie or Anne Valley is a name, ecological reserve. That's is, someone's so, name. Yes, that was, that's a cool name. We'll talk about it. <laughs> Anne Valley was really cool, uh, but this film was made in 1976. 
Um, Bristol Foster is the name. Here's a quote he had about a minute in. They're showing like 70s vintage footage of the island. Triangle Island is, to me, one of my favorite spots in the world, in spite of its bleakness and grayness and wildness, and partly, I think, because of its remoteness. At the edge of the world, in a way, it's at the edge of the continental shelf. Over 40 miles off the northern end of Vancouver Island, man can really only be a visitor there. It really is where nature has its own way, not man. One of the few places in the world where that's true. Man tried to dominate Triangle Island and lost. People tried to live there in a lighthouse in the early 1900s, but well, the structures have blown off. The winds reach over 200 kilometers per hour. Man really didn't try to adapt to Triangle Island. He tried to get Triangle Island to adapt to him. Yeah, good quote. Um, so that's, that's what I was thinking as he was talking. It's just like yeah. it will forever it's remain wild. A, like untamed land because yeah. it's just brutal. So the image you saw and why it's so confusing about that little beautiful yeah. little lighthouse <laughs> stubby in early 2004, the Souk region historical society approached the Canadian coast guard about acquiring the lantern room from triangle Island and the first order of frontal lens from Estevan point lighthouse, which is another cool one. Nearby. Wait, wait, sorry. Can 2004. 2004, they asked to collect the lantern room from the Triangle Island? From the Coast Guard, who had it in storage. Oh, they disassembled it, and mm-hmm. then, oh my gosh. Coast Guard had it for almost 100 so years. So they, this lighthouse didn't exist for that amount of time. Yep. Oh, I thought maybe they would. They were dismantling it to bring it somewhere else and put mm-hmm. it back up. Oh, wow, that's very cool. So the one you saw is in Sook, uh, which I think is the current pronunciation, but it's outside of Victoria, like, 20 miles it's bicycleable <laughs> so I was, I was gonna say if we ever went up to victoria could we go to this Absolutely. lighthouse freaking it's in the middle of town in sook and it's part of an exhibition uh but let me let me read this out so okay. the coast guard agreed to donate the items the tower came from triangle island the light came from another one that was retired nearby uh called esteban esteban yeah, uh, and in <laughs> August, there was more coming after the lantern room was tucked to Souk um, from the Coast Guard base in Victoria. So it was just over the hill. The lens followed in March 2005 and in June 26 of 2005, a short concrete tower oh. topped by a massive lantern and lens was dedicated on the grounds of the Souk Region Museum. Cute. Is this operational or is it just for show? It is lighted on i don't think it's lighted but it's open to the public okay you can go inside there's a small spiral staircase in the middle of that concrete tower and you can mm-hmm. walk on you can go up to the lantern the lantern room uh and walk on the the even though you're a couple feet off the ground yeah. but you can see it um in <laughs> the view is amazing from up here yeah the website <laughs> for the souk regional museum is actually really good and they have photos of like a diagram cut out of what the stairs and inside look like yeah it's like half of a story tall you know, to get up there. It is at, really cute. At nighttime, for some reason, I haven't figured out, they cover the lantern. And so there's these curtains. You can see them in the top of this picture. Yeah. That come around the uh, frontal lens. So originally, the curtains were supposed to be dropped during the day so that sunlight wouldn't hit the frontal lens and be sending beams out. Uh, like... Maybe it's a traffic thing then. Yeah, maybe. Because it's pretty low. It's close to a road. Uh, it's oh. right on the corner, so... Oh, interesting. It's a reverse lighthouse. Yeah. Or no one comes up with a laser pointer and changes the yeah. world. <laughs> Starts a fire. Yeah. So it ended up having three keepers in total. 
which is oh that's right because it's so short so james davies 1910 to 1913 thomas watkins cool name 1913 to 16 and then the last was daniel o'brien excuse me four 16 to 19 alex dingwell 1919 bad name so it went out on a bad name this is an episode of good names until we have what is his name what is it alex dingwell dingwell Poor in dude. my head i just heard dingbat and i was like it's not dingbat <laughs> it's gotta be something else so uh kind of you know once once the radio tower was taken off i think radio signals were sent from further inland and people had better maps of the region and uh, there's kind of some assumptions made but they, there wasn't a need for a lighthouse otherwise they would have built something else right so um but the island has kept its presence and importance uh, especially to the canadians so it's a critical nesting and migration area uh, for seabirds right um, sea avian life particularly puffins i think it said i have to fact check myself i think it said 40 percent of all of the world's puffins are on triangle island seriously um at least as migratory and nesting there are some places on the island where bird droppings are in excess of seven feet deep ew disgusting seven <laughs> feet you get buried less deep than that when you die <laughs> yeah so <laughs> oh my God. so this this island has been a point of interest for researchers for lots of lots of years 50 years now uh and in the 70s lots of researchers started to go out there so you had to get special permission um these were not just everyday people they were people who had studied for a long time to get access to the the wildlife out there um to observe uh sea lions and puffins and lots of other birds mostly um that they're just not bothered by people so in the 70s yeah, and in the 80s, there was one, um, I like to call it a connex, but like a construction trailer that was placed near that beach that researchers would live in together for months at a time. Oh, okay. Because you can't just come and go from the island. Right. So they would keep notes. Um, they would work all night sometimes to like note all the observations yeah, they'd taken yeah, the so they could pay attention to the birds. Stuff. Yeah. Um, they had ladders and ropes and helmets and um, lots of equipment. But this is the 70s and 80s. One of those researchers, her name was Anne or Annie Valley. Uh, short excerpt. She was born in Quebec City, uh, completed 1979 her bachelor's degree and graduate studies, University of BC, with scholarship from the Natural Sciences and Engineering Research Council. She chose tufted puffins as her research Amazing. subject. In 1980, she spent two summers on Triangle Island. Um, west of the north tip of Vancouver Island. She died accidentally on Triangle Island oh, during no. the summer of 1982. Her second summer? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. So I saw, again, on another website, I almost want to, there's so many visuals for tell, this one. Tell me she haunts the island. <clears throat> I don't know that she haunts it or not. <laughs> but uh, her work was published in 2003, so about 20 years after she had passed. So she had enough data collected but not yet analyzed and written uh, on puffins that was really interesting Hmm. you know um that's funny i was just thinking today about how much more famous people get when they die like we were listening to queen yeah and i was like if freddie mercury was still alive would oh she's so pretty yeah she's neat looking i like her hair she's very 70s 80s i guess she was very young what happened to her she fell Um, oh geez she fell from some height and that was something that was discussed 
on this website. Um, so now the ecological reserve that is the island is recognized by the government and it's named after her that they renamed it as mm. the Ann Valley Ecological Reserve. That's nice. Um, but part of the work is that they want to observe puffins and other birds in their nests and look at eggs and look at young, young birds, um, try not to disturb them. Uh, that's part of the research, but you have to physically make those observations. So they would get on these really long ladders and climbing ropes and go up cliff sides, basically, <sighs> which is where birds nest on that island. So they're not disturbed. Because... So, only people on ladders yeah. would be able to get up there. So, so it's kind of fun, like this research group and all the photos. They're all like 20 to mid 30s. You know, they've got like repelling gear and helmets, and like yeah. it's like what a cool one thing. of the cool yeah. dreams for a lot of people. It's like something they advertise, kind of like yeah. when they where are you going like, to go with marine biology? Yeah, <laughs> join us today. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, like an when army you go. Um, what is it called when you? go overseas for school just for study abroad yeah abroad Mm -hmm. yeah that's kind of what i'm thinking is they show pictures of you doing crazy stuff like that for research yeah so in in those i think the research continues today but i know a massive majority of it started in the 70s and 80s and she was she was a part of it Mm -hmm. so uh again today that that triangle island light tower light room i guess is in sook and i looked at again just thinking about going up there um, it'd be really cool. Uh, Sook is a really neat place. And there's a link. I was like, oh, I bet there's like cool Airbnbs around there. So I'm going to give this Airbnb oh. a shout out for free. Okay. Wait, sorry. Awesome. Is this in, are we still in Canada? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's in BC uh, on Victoria Island. And just to the west of Victoria is Sook. Um, and this one's called Owl's Perch Treehouse Unique Treetop escape you gotta look at these photos okay let me see it's also it doesn't seem that crazy expensive (gasps) this is like i think it said it's mm, 10 meters off of the ground it's a fancy tree house it's a tree house it's all like a wood cabin Ooh. it's on stilts but oh my gosh that window is enormous yeah is that a window you guys gotta look this up look it up what is it owl's Owl's perch so it's just beautiful um, okay, so when we, okay, <laughs> when we go see this lantern room, the little stubby lighthouse, yeah. that's where we can stay. But, but I was looking, what else is up there? You know, if we, we had one trip where we saw lighthouses, it was awesome. Well, yeah. if, we did, if we went, you know, Pacific Northwest, what else is up there? So lots of lighthouses um, and Souk itself and the whole island is just gorgeous. I'm sure it's a seasonal thing. I'm sure yeah. win, uh, winter is probably not preferred. Fall would probably be fun. Summer is beautiful. I mean, the further north you go, uh, further summer you should be, yeah. right? But um, the, it, it, there's like all sorts of helicopter tours and hiking and bicycles and the coast is beautiful, seafood. Mm, so Seafood. Yeah. Uh, you said there's a lot of other lighthouses around there. Mm-hmm. Do they look similar to this like red and white structure? I, I haven't done much research. Um, okay. I just don't know if you saw a couple of them. Yeah, I, I saw them briefly, but I don't really remember. I didn't take much note. When I was doing the lighthouses in Scotland, uh, Little Ross, and a, like Flannan Isle Lighthouse, mm-hmm. they look exactly the same because they're done by the same engineers. Oh. And so a lot of the lighthouses, at least along those coastlines and in Scotland, look very similar, if not mm-hmm. exactly the same. So I didn't know if that was something that we'd see in Canada. Yeah, I don't know. 
I know uh, Estevan Lighthouse, which is gone now. Um, that was nearby, and that one looked like a rocket ship. <gasps> so it's like a, a tower that's a metal frame. Yeah. Um, and not a concrete tower. Weird. So that one was known as like the rocket ship I... looking one. But here's photos of in the 70s, what, what the concrete tower looked like last time someone officially recorded it. Oh, That's... with the top removed. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! So the concrete tower. Wait, it's like it's still there. It's still there, <laughs> and if in those really high res photos I showed you from yeah. like 2019, it's still there. So the concrete held up. Uh, everything else that shows the old foundations of the old buildings, they're gone. Oh there's no! There's nothing. There's no glass. There's no it's framing. Just, yeah, and it's been a long just time. Bare bones. But nature has taken it back. Right. So you can just, see the remnants of where the path was to the yeah. lighthouse. Yeah, like a footpath, barely surviving. But yeah, that's a video. I just took a snip of the video. Um, but yeah, going up there would be cool. Last time I was in the area, I guess, I got to go to Victoria. Scott sent me those photos. I'll show you on my fo- on my phone. But we had a good time. We were just there for one day. That's it. But um, do you want to listen to this audio I do. on air? Uh, yeah. Okay. And then maybe get it as close as you can. And if we can overlay, like if I can remove the audio sure. from the video and play it, then I will. But if not. All right, I'll give it a give it a shot. I give it an old college sure try. The, uh, the audio's on on my ten year old Lenovo laptop. <laughs> the one laughing yeah. too it sounds musical very like it's harmonious awesome it was so and these are little tiny speakers you get the bass is crazy yeah that was my the grandma ground is shaking my grandma's giggling oh. i have a, a video uh, i was trying to take videos continuously because like it's gonna go off they're gonna blow yeah. the horn and uh uh it's fun i get to see my my family 10 years ago you know and and my grandma and her sister and uh it's kind of fun memory so Beautiful area. Love to go back. Great um, video. Thanks for taking that. Yeah. Past Vince. Yep. 17 year old Vince. <laughs> yep. Freshly 17. But yeah. Loving the nautical stuff before this even came to fruition. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that just, it's so cool. That's the sound coming back off of the land. Yeah. That echo. The echo. So yeah. There's a really great restaurant that's right next to where the ferry launched from. At least 10 seafood. years ago there was. Is it seafood? It's called Downriggers. Yeah. I had shark there at one point. What? Mm-hmm. I should have tried alligator while we were in uh, <laughs> North Carolina. Oh, it was on the menu, and I was like, "I've never had alligator. I feel like that'd be a good thing." But I chickened out. Yeah, I, we had yellowfin tuna. That was really good. Yeah, it was First good. time. It was good. It's just can't say like I tried alligator. You said <laughs> you tried shark. I'm like, I want to be able to say it. Yeah. Dungeness crab is where it's at. Uh, the restaurant we're going to in Chicago in a couple of weeks has um, octopus, like hmm. not calamari. So it's just octopus. I feel like that would be something I, I'm going to eat it. I'm saying now <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to risk it. All right. Risk all right. it for the biscuit. Cool. Well, that's really all I had. Um, awesome. Triangle Island is just a wild place and it's kind of neat. There was a lighthouse there so late uh, in time. <laughs> and uh, yeah. What a neat yeah. lighthouse. I eat a, the fact, the fact that it was dismantled and not a lighthouse for like almost a hundred mm. years is very cool. It's not a lighthouse I would have found, that's for sure. So, the edge of the world, very tall, very very tall. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see a picture of it in operation, but I don't think anybody has one. I just think by 1910, they should have known that lighthouses needed to not be that tall to get through fog. Yeah. There was just some disconnect they between got it. the engineer. They got it figured out eventually. Yeah. They said, oh, no, we're better than that. <laughs> It'll work out for us. We'll ignore those rules. <laughs> yeah, awesome. That's all I got. Thanks for joining us on the Lighthouse Lowdown. Next episode is going to be Halloween edition, episode spooky. 13. Let's make it spooky. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yes. And um, do you want to do the outro? No, I'll let you do the plugs. Okay. <laughs> so follow us on Instagram. We'll post cool pictures that Vince has been alluding to in this episode. And I'm pretty sure I said it like that last time. <laughs> That's embarrassing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so check us out on Instagram at the Lighthouse Lowdown. And. Uh, check out our website, uh, podpage.com slash lighthouse lowdown to listen to our episodes or see where you can listen to all of our episodes. We got it on Spotify, Apple, we've got a Google podcast, pretty much anywhere. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. <laughs> we'll see you next time on the lighthouse lowdown. Good work, babe. Thank you. Good stuff. I feel like I forgot stuff, but I, I won't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>